Hello and welcome to A DM's Guide to Rime of the Frost Maiden. I'm your host, Greggy Hockstetler, and each time I record, at least, I can't say each week, but uh, each episode I, I come on here and I tell you about uh, what I did in my sessions, uh, how I played the game, and, uh, and give you suggestions on how you could uh, make your sessions even better based on my experience. Uh, you can take whatever you like and leave whatever you don't, and uh, hopefully uh, this will help you feel more prepared for your game. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at the Greggiest. You can send me an email if you want, thegreggiest at protonmail.com. And you can watch our my group stream uh, every Sunday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern at twitch.tv slash powerwarriors. All one word with a Z at the end. Uh, like I said, I, I don't do it every week. Most recently, the, the big break I, I've been on most recently was because... Uh, I did catch uh, the novel coronavirus, uh, COVID-19, and uh, I was having uh, health issues based on that. Um, trouble breathing and lots of coughing and sneezing and uh, not able to taste or smell anything and, you know, all, all those things. I never got the fever. I didn't get the stomach upset things that uh, some folks uh, end up with, and, and my toes never got weird or anything like that. But... Uh, otherwise, yes, uh, coronavirus not a not a great disease to catch. I would uh, recommend that uh, you continue uh, following the CDC guidelines so you don't catch this this uh, this virus. We we took a couple of weeks off from the stream, uh, so I, I didn't actually do any DMing, so uh, it was not really possible for me to do this podcast. And also, I, I wouldn't just be able to talk for you know half an hour, forty five minutes, the way I do. Uh, on, on normal episodes uh, so that's why there hasn't been an episode for a little while so sorry about that but uh, now we're back and I can talk to you about uh, my, my most recent sessions so um, last week I had no idea what my uh, what my party was going to do because they were going to go turn in the, the white moose quest uh, but they still need one more quest before they can level up and move on to chapter 2 uh, so I didn't know where they would go or, or what they would choose to do. Uh, of course, I, I pulled the classic DM trick of, uh, you know, the, the one quest giver uh, suggests that they maybe go talk to their friend in the next city over uh, and, and they might have a quest for them. And uh, yeah, that, that all worked out. So I, I had uh, Nimsy Huddle uh, tell the party that her friend Oris over in Tourmaline was having trouble in his gem mine. Uh, they took that bait very kindly. When the DM starts saying, you know, oh, maybe you could think about doing this, uh, you know, a, a nice player will often uh, play along with that and uh, take the hint, so to speak. Uh, but, I mean, they also could have done any number of things. They could have decided to go back and, and speak to their contact squivers or whatever. You know, I was, I was ready to jump in with a the, the nice thing about the the book is that it does give good ways i mean maybe not always the best ways but it does give at least some way uh for the the quest to be given to the players even if they're not looking for them um in each chapter uh so you know i knew i knew one way or another we were gonna we were gonna figure something out but yes yeah, so they went into tourmaline got the quest for the gem mine and decided to go there also uh a cool thing was one of my players uh, decided to speak to Nim Nimzy. That's her name, right? Nimzy. Yeah, because it's Nimzy. Yeah, she went. She he spoke to Nimzy, 
and uh, asked what she thought about uh, the whole thing with Oral and the the winter and and if if she had any tips for where they could go or what they could do uh, to to figure out what to do about this this goddess uh, causing it to be cold all the time. So uh, that was good. So what I did was I just rolled on that rumors table that they have in chapter two. I came up with the Jarl Moot suggestion. So uh, I let him know that, you know, before the people came to Icewind Dale, there, it was ruled by Frost Giants, and the Frost Giants have a deep memory of uh, what has been going on in Icewind Dale for years and years and years, so if they want to know more about the, the goddess that uh, has made her home, or at least her domain, uh, this area, maybe they should go to uh, the Frost Giant throne and see if they, there's any clues or anyone they could speak to there. Which, which was also cool because uh, one of my one of my players, uh, her character Freya the Centaur, uh, she hates frost giants. Um, she is not into them whatsoever. Uh, so maybe she wants to go there for other reasons. Uh, so that was cool. That was really cool. Um, and I really liked the rumors table. Uh, I was thinking if you wanted to, you could not roll and just have the the, the person say uh, whatever quest you you particularly like in chapter two uh to send them there uh but i i thought you know uh nimsy doesn't have a strong reason to pull in any one direction uh so i i just rolled on it and went for it and plus you know rolling on tables that's that's fun they decided to go do the tourmaline uh quest uh, i also included because i liked it uh the, the little town crier reporter kid on the corner Darmo Maslu. I included him and made him kind of like a, you know, a Jimmy Olsen ace reporter type uh, that's 10 years old or whatever, and had him ask them a lot of questions about their previous adventures and stuff like that uh, so that he could uh, tell people about that as well because he just loves news. So, because I just liked that NPC. Uh, I mean, the, he has one line in the book, but just the idea of a kid a kid reporter that is uh, yelling at people as they walk by was very fun to me. He also told them some rumors about, uh, you know, the the people that run the East Side Inn and, and things like that. So it's a small town, so he doesn't have a lot to talk about. This is one of the one of the quests with relatively low reward in the book. Horus tells them that the Horus Matthew, that's his name, right? Yeah. He tells them he's going to give them 50 gold for going and clearing out this mine. A gem mine, it seems like that would be uh, a place that had more gold, but unfortunately it is just 50 gold. I, I sweeten the deal a little bit because they seem to be scoffing at this uh, this payment, but um, I sweeten the deal a little bit with, uh, he, he said, you know, once it gets cleared out, uh, of course, uh, you can come back and I'll, I'll give you some more gold uh, once we actually make some gold from the mine. Uh, and Vernon, uh, the, the the guy that runs the Blue Clam, who they've had their issues with in the past, but they've decided they like now. Uh, he says he anytime they come to Tourmaline, they can eat free at the Blue Clam with its wonderful hard lemonade and lemon-style fish that they've uh, that they've enjoyed so much in the past. The speaker also said they could have any gems that they happen to find while inside of their. Um, since, of course, the kobolds could have taken him as far as he knows. So, you know, anything that's there is uh, theirs for the taking. 
Uh, the mine is easy to find, so they got there right away. This was good. I, I, was, I, glad, I was glad I didn't have to roll a bunch of, uh, you know, on a bunch of tables for this. Nice to just get right in there, especially since it's a, a fairly decent-sized dungeon for being such a small part of the book. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of exploring to do. Um, they did a, a bunch of exploring. Uh, one thing that complicated things for my my group is, like I said, I do have a centaur in the group. So there's there's like uh, the buckets that they have to travel up and down. And there's the kind of rickety platforms and things like that uh, that make it difficult to traverse. Uh, so we did have a big, a big setback a little later on, uh, thanks to Freya being a centaur and, and being uh, like larger. Uh, than everybody else more heavy and unable to use the buckets that were intended for you know a single humanoid at a time with a sack of gems or whatever uh so they 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 fought the the rats the giant rats uh freya used her speak with animals to say hey we don't need to fight you uh but unfortunately nobody else knew that she was doing that she didn't say that to them and uh they you know they were being bitten and attacked by rats uh, so they they fought the rats and killed one of the rats uh, very easily. And the other one, uh, seeing his comrade uh, dead, uh, yelled at Freya, Hey, I, I actually, I, I agree to your terms of surrender. I'm running away. And, and ran away. And they let that one get away. Uh, I think that one just leaves our story. He's not going to come back and bother them later on or anything like that. Uh, one of my players is playing an Aarakocra that is like a penguin Aarakocra. And I, I've sort of homebrewed it a little bit house ruled it a little bit so that uh he he can't fly but he has very strong swimming and um he is not affected by the cold weather in icewind dale uh, because of his penguin status or whatever uh so he thought about entering that that rushing river uh and i'm, I'm very glad he didn't because i think he would have gotten swept away uh, because he's a, a cleric and not a dexterous sort of a build and yeah, that would have been that would have been death, basically. Yeah, they found that figurine, uh, the dog figurine with the gem eyes. Uh, one of my players is obsessed with the gems. He wants to stop and mine everywhere, and uh, he is expecting there to be just loose gems laying around on the ground. Uh, which was this was an active mine. There were there were miners that were collecting these gems for use. Uh, of course, the, they're not just going to leave a, a pile of gems laying around. So he, he's been a little annoyed <laughs> with that. But um, he also just wants to stop at all of these uh, gem uh, uh, veins and, and, and pick at them. Uh, they, they pass through the, uh, the chamber with the big hole down to the Underdark. Uh, nobody looked below the bridge or the, the platform or whatever. So they didn't spot the kobolds down there and they couldn't hear them because of the rushing river. Uh, they went to the bucket and went down. Freya tried to lower herself on the rope uh, hand over hand and made it about halfway before, you know, just she's got to hold up her body and the, like the horse body part of her. Uh, and she just doesn't have the strength for it. She fell down and took a little bit of fall damage. Um, they didn't go north, so there is still that, that Grell is still up there. And if they don't ever go there and explore that section, that's going to mean the death of old Oris Matthew. So we'll see what they get up to next week. They did meet those those kobolds in M9, looks like. Uh, and they fought them and killed them. One tried to escape, but it was not able to. Uh, they went down to layer three. 
and uh, kind of peeked around the corner and saw that there were kobolds over there, uh, but did not go and speak to them or, or fight them or anything because they, they decided to take the bucket across uh, to the other side of, of the uh, Underdark Chamber there, where my character that is so obsessed with gems and finding loose gems on the ground uh, found the Psy Crystal and immediately attuned to it. Uh, so that's very good news for me. That's going to unlock the the crashed ship that they want to all go visit. Uh, that's going to be cool. And he rolled uh, kind of an easy uh, madness as well. So he rolled in the 56 to 70 range. He got, I'm the smartest, wisest, strongest, fastest, and most beautiful person I know uh, for his character, Octos. So she now is uh, very full of herself. I've got to remind him to, you know, keep playing that up because that is just now part of his personality so long as he has that gem. But he also has telepathy. He can communicate with his friends up to 60 feet away. Uh, so that's cool. I mean, it, there's not a lot of downside to this one, you know, just being full of yourself. I guess you could take the, uh, you know, that that really far and, uh, you know, be, become kind of an asshole and, and make people not like you or, you know, believe that you are better than you actually are and, and not know your own faults and uh, end up running into trouble that way. But all, all in all, I mean, that is not a bad downside for having the ability to have telepathy. You know, if you, you I've discovered that I really like killing people that that could be tr tough. Uh, there's only one person I can trust and only I can see the special friend <laughs> like that would be a problem uh, if, if she ended up with that, if the character ended up with that. But and if you wanted to, uh, it, you could uh, fudge that that table or adjust it so that the easier ones are, are out of there or the harder ones are out of there, depending on how you want to play it, if you want to make it. A little more punishing or or you know keep it like easy or whatever because uh, it is kind of a, a overpowered in its way ability to be able to just have telepathy they they went across and and found the psi crystal and then did not explore any further on that side uh before their centaur friend decided to try and jump over the chasm to to get to the other side thinking that they had to continue exploring on that other side and and she would have to do it eventually. Originally, she rolled badly. She was going to fail the roll and, you know, fall to her death. There was a whole thing where uh, another character, like, tied himself to her and was going to try and brace it if she happened to fall. And, you know, either way, he would he would rather, you know, go with her if she fell down into the Underdark than let her, let her fall on her own. But she used charm person to make him untie himself and she jumped across and almost failed uh but she had an inspiration point she used that to re-roll and was able to make it across and then once she made it across and everybody else ended up uh, getting across as well uh they discovered that there was nothing else on that side of the chasm and they're just gonna end up having to go back across and of course she retied herself to her friend she tried to jump across and failed the jump another player used his inspiration for her to let her try and roll it again i don't know if that's uh, rules is written but we allow that on my table uh and and failed again and i i let because you know th they've got that mummy sonar from the previous mission uh he's kind of their sidekick now uh maybe i will actually make him a sidekick as well but we'll see he braced uh selkie who was, who was trying to 
pulled her up um, with the, the rope tied around him. Um, and between the two of them with their strength rolls, they ended up wedged between planks of the platform with her dangling at the end of the 50-foot rope rather than falling completely down. And so the, another strength-based character uh, jumped over the, the chasm as well back to the other side because he had already taken the bucket over to help try and pull her up. He made his jump and uh, yeah, they, they, they made the roll, tried to pull her up. One of my players said, hey, if I was DMing, wow, you, you lose the role and then inspiration, you lose that role too. Uh, that would have been that would have been goners for me. That they would have been dead. But I don't know. Even that that's that's you know, a, a death can't depend on one role to me. That's not right, in my opinion. Especially seeing as they took precautions and Sonar at least was was there with the intent to keep her from falling as well. That wasn't right to me. I, I wanted to uh, give the, the, the player a chance. And so, uh, rather than the jump equaling death, the jump equaled a, a trigger for, you know, a strength roll to try and, and keep her from falling all the way down. Then she she tried to climb the rope to get back up uh, while Selkie was pinned to the, the boards uh, being pulled down by this rope, uh, and and she failed and fell, and uh, you know pulled against the rope and against the boards, weakening that structure there, uh, that platform. Octos jumped over and helped pull her up, and between Octos, Selkie, and Mosley, uh, and Sonar, they were all able to pull her up, uh, but some some bad rolls on some of their part uh, further weakened the platform. So now everybody is up, but they're not super sure on how well the bucket is going to stand up to, to travel across there. Um, they don't know how many times any of them are going to be able to step onto this platform that, that they've weakened critically here uh, before it just falls down. So they may have to all try and jump over or come up with some sort of uh, something to, to make this work. They may have to sleep it out there so that they can change up their their spells in the morning or something. And uh, I have a little secret for you, the listener. If they do decide to do that, uh, those kobolds they never went and checked on are going to become a little bit of a problem. They may uh, come over and cut the rope on the bucket, stranding them on the other side if they don't jump or use magic to, to cross over. And, you know, in the end, Freya may die, may fall down into the Underdark, or Mosley may, or any of the any of their characters may end up doing that. But at that point, it's going to be as a result of, you know, four roles, you know, like uh, all those roles that Freya went through that uh, changed the story, changed the, uh, you know, the givens of the book or whatever, rather than one role equaling one death. That's just my philosophy. If you agree with my player that said uh, one bad role plus one inspiration role failing, you know, that's fate. Hey, run your table however you want to run your table. I, I don't disagree with you necessarily. Um, I just prefer it uh, with the escalating danger system, sort of. And you know what? I, I wouldn't even mind playing at that table. Um, that wouldn't really bother me. I would feel, you know, you can't just jump over a bottomless chasm and not think there's a chance that you may not make the jump. So I, I would not be upset if that's the way I went. But you know, I just, I just uh, personally don't go that way when I'm when I'm DMing. Uh, let me know if you disagree, though. Send me a, a 
a DM or, or an email at the Greggiest, the Greggiest of ProtonMail.com. Let me know what you think. How would you escalate that situation? How would you, would you just let the, the character die? Or how would you change um, the situation when the, when the roles fail? How would you escalate it so that uh, there's still a chance, but uh, maybe more people are in danger now because of uh, these bad roles, which is kind of the way I went. Yeah, so that's where my players are. Uh, next week, I think they're either going to uh, immediately try to cross over and uh, possibly end up falling down, or they're going to sleep and uh, Trex, that kobold that they didn't go and confront before, is going to come along in the night and uh, cut the rope on the bucket, uh, making it impossible for them to even attempt to use that to get across. And I think what I'm going to do is, if they do try to use the bucket while it's still somewhat intact, um, every time anybody steps out onto that platform, we're going to have a flat D20 roll. You know, a five or below means, yes, it just falls down and they, they're going to have a, a dexterity check to see if they're able to jump off. And if they they can't, they, they actually are going to fall down. Um, and, you know, a 10 means next time, uh, you know, it, it loosen, you know, a 10 or below is going to loosen it uh, so that next time uh, a 10 or below is going to cause the dexterity check. And then uh, a 15 or below. Yeah, I think uh, we'll just go five, five and below. That's it. The platform goes down. 10 or below weakens it for the next person. And uh, a 10 or above uh, just, you know, it, it's, it creaks and makes uh, weird sounds. Uh, but they're able to go across. And actually, I'm going to have to, if they use the bucket, I mean, just stepping out on the platform is going to cause that roll. If they use the bucket, it's going to be the same thing. They're going to have to roll again. And we'll see how it goes. Actually using the bucket may be even worse. It may be 10 or below makes it fall. And uh, 15 or below makes it worse for the next person. So that it's going to be much harder to get across. Uh, I think there's not a lot of uses in that bucket right now. Uh, based on the way things have gone for uh, the roles so far. So I may lose more than one player. <laughs> based on all those those bad roles from last time. But we'll see. I think they may they may come up with like a magical uh, way to get across or something like that. That that would be good to use their skill set to get things right. Now, also, if somebody goes down and then the party decides, I don't know if they're dead, but maybe they're alive and I, and I can help them, and they all decide to jump down into the Underdark, uh, then I'm going to be looking for Underdark adventures. I think there's a a rewrite of the Dragon Heist adventure that that takes place down in the Underdark in, in Skullport. And if it's different enough from uh, the Dragon Heist book, I might uh, just completely change campaigns if everybody goes down um, and they wash up on River uh, and, and eventually make their way to Skullport. We may end up just completely changing campaigns. If it's too similar to Dragon Heist, I'll have to read it. If it's too similar, that wouldn't work because uh, a couple of my players actually played Dragon Heist. Uh, but we'll figure it out uh, one way or another. Uh, otherwise, maybe we'll, uh, that'll just be the end of this campaign if everybody dies. You always have to have a, an alt in the back pocket ready to go. So maybe, maybe they'll have to do that. Uh, what worked, what didn't, uh, moving them along with a, a suggestion from Nimsy, that was very helpful. Uh, what didn't work, uh, the, the reward offered by Oris was maybe not enough. You could augment that a little bit if your players aren't into it. 
maybe give him like a, a nice cloak or something that he could offer them or, or you know a, a family heirloom that he could offer them uh, to get them to go to the met mine another thing that worked was the es- escalating failure on those rolls uh, to, to keep the game going I enjoyed that I thought it was good okay so moving forward I've got a, a new player that is going to be joining the game sometime soon and so uh, I thought it would be fun for him uh, if we had a one-on-one session where he did one of the missions from the book that my players aren't going to get a chance to go to so I think because it just because of the position of it it's kind of out of the way of everywhere that they've been so far I was going to send him to Dugan's Hole Squivers of the Order of Elia that, that we have in our game uh, is going to send him on a mission with Billy the Mushroom Boy to uh, Dugan's Hole to deal with the winter wolves that are extorting the people for their food and treasure. Uh, the cool thing about this is we've got the continuation of the Frost Druid Awaken spell uh, hijinks that are going on. So he can deal with that and kind of get up to speed in the story as well that way. And uh, he can level up to reach uh, his friends. And he will have, uh, you know, contacts in the, in the town of Dugan's Hole. And uh, he'll have experience with Billy and with Squivers. So he's going to be up to speed with the, the rest of the party. So I think uh, we'll, we'll keep it, you know, role-playing focused and not have a lot of combat in this one-on-one session. You know, we can, we can have a fight maybe, especially since he's going to have Billy along with him uh, to help. Uh, so he, he may he may actually get in a fight with uh, Norsu, the the mammoth. Let's see. So a mammoth is a very challenging fight. Uh, so I'm gonna have him level up to level two uh, right away. First of all, before we even get started, he will level up to level two, um, and then we're gonna have to figure out how to make this this battle not automatically kill him. So, like I do anytime I want to determine a uh, battle difficulty, uh, I always just go to Xanathar's Guide to Everything and I look at encounter difficulties. So, at second level, a one-to-one fight, but he's going to have Billy along with him. So that is uh, one to t- Okay, two-to-one is what we want at second level. Uh, it's going to be about a half-to-one, so... Instead of a a challenge rating 6, our mammoth friend is going to need to be a challenge rating 1. So let's look at our uh, 1s, right? I mean, an an elephant isn't in there, is it? Where's an elephant? That's CR4. (laughs) Okay. So, yeah, we got to figure this out. So 1, I mean, we could just do brown bear. Um, It could be an awakened bear, a polar bear. I mean, the other choice is we could take... We could take the brown bear stats, the armor class, the hit points, uh, and the the dice on on to hit and uh, damage, and uh, skin those over uh, the mammoth. That would be one way to do it. Um, or we could just change it from being a, a mammoth to being a brown bear. Or uh, in our case, we're going to call it a polar bear. And I think that's what we'll do. We'll just make it a bear. Um, Norsu is a bear now. And uh, that is what is going to fight our single player and his druid friend that is coming to help him out. The Ice Lodge, the Frost Giant... Well, the, the other cool thing is, brings in the Frost Giant stuff that they got the uh, the rumor from Nimsy for. So, sorry, uh, I didn't. I don't have a lot to... 
to talk about how uh, to make this. Oh, okay. There's also kobolds there. Um, the kobolds, we got... Oh, they're eighth. Okay, so yes. He could take those on if, if they decide to fight. Let's see. Anything else? I guess I should look... What are the wolves like? Okay, the wolves are also too difficult. So we've got to figure that out um, if he decides to fight them. Uh, I guess they will just become young winter wolves. Oh, that's easy. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, so they'll be young winter wolves. And hopefully he won't have to fight two of them. Uh, because that would be a problem. But yeah, so he will get sent by the Order of Elia to go and uh, investigate these wolves. Will then be led to the Frost Giant Lodge. Which has a, a little bit of connection to our story so far. Thanks to Nimsy telling them about Yarlmoot. And then he'll explore that and find the awakened polar bear uh, that was put in place by the, the, I think it was Revson, the frost druid that the, the players already uh, dealt with. Yeah, he'll be able to free the uh, children that are being locked up by this awful polar bear and maybe find the, the whale oil treasure that is in there. Uh, so that's going to be a, a fun experience. Uh, I don't know if I'll stream that or if it'll just be... Uh, me and Andrew together, but we'll figure it out one way or the another, and uh, I think they're going to have a lot of fun with this one-on-one -on -one experience. I haven't ever done one-on-one -on -one DMing before, so that's going to be interesting as well. Maybe next week I'll talk about that a little bit as well, if uh, we're able to fit that in uh, sometime soon. Uh, the other cool thing is he will have a chance to uh, pick up several uh, nice items. I may also toss like a, a nice sword of some sort in there because I think they're going to be playing as a fighter. Maybe that sword, that fire sword uh, from Goodmead that wasn't picked up before. Maybe I'll toss that in here somewhere. Andrew could have that. Uh, yeah, I think that's all we're going to talk about. I was thinking about actually making Billy into a sidekick based on the Tasha's uh, Guide to Cauldron of Everything. But I haven't found a good tool for doing that online. I don't think there's a good D&D Beyond uh, way to do that so far. And I haven't found a good like generator for sidekicks yet. Um, I was thinking about making Billy like a shifter and adding uh, you know spells to that as a druid or whatever. But I'm lazy. I want a nice, I want a nice source for it uh, before I do that. So if you know of a good sidekick source let me know, please. Please uh, send me a, a DM on Twitter at the Greggiest, or uh, send me an email at uh, thegreggiest at protonmail.com and let me know about your sidekick creating source uh, because I would like to eventually do that at some point, maybe in a, in a future episode. You know, just knuckle up and uh, do the work. Um, I guess, you know, it, it would also be fine to just do it with a non-shared D&D Beyond Homebrew NPC so that you could level it up as needed and stuff like that. Since if you share it, then it's just stuck. But, you know, it would be nice if... Especially seeing as Tasha's uh, puts forward the idea of using a sidekick as, like, a, an actual class, that there should be there should be a tool for that. D&D uh, Beyond, get on, your, get on your game, please. Okay, I'm, I'm just rambling now. Uh, homework... I don't have any homework for you this week. I think we've covered all you got to do is figure out what you think your players are likely to do. I mean, and if you're lost, you can always, you know, send somebody a sneaky DM and say, hey, what, are, you know, what were you guys uh, thinking of doing next week? <laughs> where are you? Where are you thinking of going? 
um, so that you can plan ahead based on that. Otherwise, uh, read the chapters, especially uh, for you know the towns that are most near to where your characters are currently, uh, and and be ready to go it, uh, with uh, one of the quests uh, nearby to get them to level four. That's all you got to do, and then be ready for chapter two. Just like always, you know, go over their backstories. Think of ways to incorporate their details in your game to make the game theirs. Uh, but otherwise, you know, you don't you don't really have to go too crazy. Especially, you know, we're we're we've got this source book, and we can use it to our advantage. We don't have to spend a ton of time planning and, and inventing things. Although, you know, if you do, that's going to make your game richer and, and more fun for your players. Uh, but, you know, you can always lean back on, on the work that's already been done. You don't have to. <laughs> you don't have to, uh, you know, reinvent the wheel every week. Yeah, so I guess it's a homework-free week. Uh, and, you know, just be, be safe out there. Uh, try to get vaccinated if possible. Go to your county's, go to your county's uh, health department website and uh, register for the vaccine. That's your homework this week. Uh, that's the way to do it. You go to your county's health department website. Uh, that is what works, folks. Wear a mask, wear two masks or whatever. Stay six feet away from people. And uh, don't be like me. Don't work overtime during a pandemic in uh, the healthcare field, basically guaranteeing that you will uh, catch the virus. Uh, because it, it's not good and it, it can make you very sick. It can make you very sick, folks. <laughs> like I said, I'm rambling. Um, I've been Greggy. This has been the DM's Guide to Rhyme of the Frost Maiden. Uh, as I said, you can catch me every Sunday night from 7 to 10 Eastern. Twitch.tv slash Power Warriors, all one word with a Z at the end. You can follow me on Twitter at the Greggiest. Uh, where I, I tweet things such as, wow, I just figured out how to piss backwards. This is really cool. Um, you can you can see me tweet that kind of stuff as well as uh, the, the episodes when these come out. But most importantly, you can uh, DM me on there to get a hold of me if you want me. Or uh, send me an email, thegregiest at protonmail.com. And I will talk to you after the next session. Uh, I hope you have a lot of fun with Rhyme of the Frostmaid. <laughs>